morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs. And uh, I don't know if we're live right now. There we go. Perfect. Joined by several members of our 3T Academy this morning. We got Billy, also known as the chart analysis expert. Johnny Crypto is somewhere behind the scenes, hopefully joining us later in the episode. And we got myself on this Friday, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how June 13th could be this, the most disruptive date in crypto history, with several global catalysts less than a week away. Binance is becoming, the only, becoming a crypto-only exchange. Hinman emails are set to be released and assets may be freezed by the SEC in a breaking news story. Cardano founder Charles Hotskinson has responded to the allegations of Coinbase and Binance cases, stating under no circumstances is ADA a security, while Kevin O'Leary states that he would fire Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong after his response to the SEC on Tuesday. While the XRP price chart is looking more optimistic than ever, we break down the details, showing our community how the SEC case could be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Wire Academy channel. So, Billy, no pressure, my friend. We're going to be holding it down this morning. We got a bunch of great content prepared for today. But first of all, how are you feeling and what's on your mind? Bless, man. It's going to be a wild day. It's just me and you up in here. So, uh, yeah, there's several members here, man. You just can't see them. They're on the way in. But, yeah, Johnny's coming. Absolutely, guys. And we're going to get this show started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at FreeTGM Crypto on Twitter. We're at 4,445 followers. Smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is in neutral this morning, sitting at a 50. When we check out the daily movers, it's pretty split across the board. Pepe up 5%, Render up about 6%, Hex token down about 10%. When we look at the total coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at 1.1 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 46% dominant. Ethereum is above 20%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 26,000. Ethereum, 1,800. XRP is 53 cents this morning. And Billy, this is what I'd love to start the show with because clearly we are testing a level of resistance here. And one of the price charts that we've been talking about for a while with XRP is 53 cents. If we can break that 53 cent range, 55 cents is that next barrier. Then we're looking at something about 68 to 80 cents. So as a price chart guy, I'd love to hear, what what are you seeing? Yeah, the key level is the, the natural resistance line. Anytime you're moving 50 cents or, you know, 50, 25 cents, your natural resistance lines, 5, 10, 15s, are going to be your crucial area. So 50 cents right now is a very crucial area. Uh, when you start getting, you know, changing from 50 to 49, the psyche changes a little bit and people will start to panic a little. So a good comfortable range, yeah, we want to get up above 55, but a nice, good, comfortable range would be, you know, a good test of support at 60. I want to break through it, confirm it, you know, get a good little test, and that'll let us know if we got some good volume coming in. Uh, but again, it's all going to depend on, you know, the utility that they open up and all the clarity that we need to, to go through with this. We can have as much action as we want. We need the utility to kick in and the, the clarity to really get that price moving. So right now it's just a little test of movements. Absolutely, Billy. And we got 186 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Guys, if you're wondering where NFT Tones and Johnny Crypto are, so are we, my friends. So feel free to reach out to those guys. We're going to start this show off with an interesting video right now because Kevin O'Leary stated he would fire Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong after his interview on CNBC. So we're going to play this short clip and go back to Billy. And I'm not, you know, I'm not pulling any punches. If he was working for me, I'd fire him. 
I get yeah. somebody else. You're talking about the head of Coinbase. Yes, it, it, it's over. It's so over, it's almost getting boring. Gensler has told him countless times, no, 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 and no. And everybody hears it except him. So maybe what you do, and you thank him for his great work as a pioneer. <laughs> You're supposed to do that if you want something done in Washington. Well, you take him out behind the barn and you make the swap. You get a new CEO at Coinbase to go back in there and say, let's make a deal. Because let me, look at it this way. If, if you could walk in right now and say, OK, Gensler, you win. Let's regulate this. Let's call it a security. You get a trillion dollars worth of assets for an allocation of just 3% in sovereign wealth. You could open the spigots. You could really make this industry take off and own it domestically. But read the tea leaves, read the room, listen, read Gensler's lips. The answer is no. And Gary Gensler saying no. And Johnny Crypto, before we get some comments on this video, first of all, my friend, where were you? The people are wondering what happened this morning. Second of all, how are you feeling? Thanks for being here. <laughs> hey, guys. Good morning, Warrior Maniacs. How are you today? Uh, yeah, sorry, guys. I was with Coach today. We had a meeting. So uh, sorry. I apologize for being a little late. But it's important, uh, you know, we got to keep, it was a Merlin meeting, so we need to keep things going. Uh, but nonetheless, here we are, we're ready to start this day off. And I did catch that clip, the end of that clip. Was that all about, um, was that O'Leary talking about Brian, uh, Brian Armstrong? How yeah, so him? Kevin O'Leary made some bold statements. He said he would take Brian Armstrong behind the barn and make the swap. So you know what he's implying there. Not only is he saying he's going to fire him, he may do even more. But what do you think? Kevin O'Leary saying Brian Armstrong needs to be fired. I completely disagree. I think Brian Armstrong is finally coming to his senses. What's on your mind, Johnny and Billy? 100% retarded convert comment by, by Kevin O'Leary. 100% could not disagree with him more. And I think I talked about this last night in Late Night Crypto. Why would you go and fire a guy who, you know, I love it. Did you hear what Kevin O'Leary said in that statement? He said, oh, I would just tell him to go walk into Gary's office and go work with him and talk to him. Abs. Do you have the little tiny article thing there that, that, that Coinbase put out? It's a little kind of the short ad of the things, uh, you know, the, like it shows how many times they went to go there and how no, many. No, I don't have time to pull it up, but what it did say is they met 30 he times and they were. 30, they were yeah. He went 30 freaking times in 2022 alone. 30 times. So think of how uneducated that comment is by Kevin O'Leary to say, well, I would put a guy in there that would go in there and would work with, Get with Gensler. Uh, hello? He tried to work with Gensler 30 freaking times. What other guy are you going to put in that you think he's going to work with? So he's acting like Brooks. I mean, I keep calling him Brian Brooks. He's acting like Armstrong didn't try to do exactly what Kevin O'Leary is saying he wants done. No, he tried that. It didn't freaking work. And so you could put, you could put, Elon Musk in this company right now, and they would sue it. It doesn't matter who's at the top. Put Bezos, put anybody in there. They're going to sue it because that's the narrative. And Kevin O'Leary is a smart guy, and he should know it. And so retarded comments, oh, I'm going to fire the guy. No, it, it doesn't make no sense, Abs. In fact, this is exactly the guy you want at the top. You need somebody that isn't going to cave like a $2, fold like a $2 bill and go away. No, you need someone that's going to dig their feet in the trenches and say, all right, you know what? Yeah, you're the cop. You're the, you're, the, you're the top cop on the beat. But you know what? I ain't backing down. We're going to war. We're going to go to court. We're going to figure this shit out. You need that. You need So he's just like Brad. He's just saying he's fine. Now, the thing is, what they really need, if they pay attention and they watch Good Morning Crypto, they would know that they need to come together. They need to recognize. They got to play this Italian style. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Ripple, Coinbase, Binance. In fact, you know what? 
Crypto.com might as well get into it too because they're going to be next. Those guys need to come together, put their money together, form a coalition, go get some lobbyists, and get Congress to write a freaking bill, and this is all over. There. How's that for an intro? Spot on, Johnny. And Billy, I'm going to kick it right to you, but we got a response here from Charles Hoskinson who said the same thing that Johnny Crypto did. He said, it seems like, I got to keep you guys muted. It does seem like this event is a perfect opportunity for the entire industry to set aside the fragmented nature and unite for a common sense set of rules and guidance that can prevent the United States from slipping into a dystopia that would make like a 1984 look like a vacation. We're going to be fine, he said, though, and everything's all right. Our future's still bright for the industry. And Billy, I don't know if it's going to be 1984, but what's on your mind? Man, they don't want to come together. It's, we're we're past that point. Like there's 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 other things going on in the background, and I'm, I won't get into the conspiracy side yet. We'll get in there a little bit. But all this coming from a cat who pushed FTX. Am I correct? Did O'Leary? What did you say? Sorry. Oh yeah, he was a huge FTX. He was getting paid by them. Yeah, so he's gonna come out and make comments about firing someone. That just that. Come on, man. Are you serious? Talk about you the pot the and then you're going to talk about a man that actually has some cojones and stands up against, you know, the, the rat snake weasel bastards. Uh, it's just crazy, man. They, they don't want it to come together. If they wanted it to, they would. It's very easy to make it happen. I love what Mentelect says here, too. He said the time to unite was back in 2021. And what we're seeing right here is Coinbase push back against the SEC for the first time. Anybody who's been in this market for over three years remembers when XRP was sued. Coinbase was one of the first exchanges to pull that uh, token off of their exchange but here we have a different stance, Johnny, and I want to get into this right now. As CEO Brian Armstrong confirmed that the exchange will not shut down staking services, and they also revealed that the company has no plans to delist any tokens named in the SEC's complaint. So let me ask you this. They're going to keep Algorand listed. They're going to keep Cardano listed. They're going to keep Solana listed. But XRP, they had no trouble pulling off the exchange. Explain to me your theory here, Johnny. I'll explain to you why, because I think everybody has that question on their head. And first of all, Tim, you're absolutely right. Never fire up an Italian. That's very, very smart. Uh, you want to, you got to understand the difference between Algo, this list that they put out, right, of all these companies that they're saying is a security. <clears throat> On that list, how many of those companies have they gone after and sued? Absolutely. You guys keep asking questions I do not know the answer to. Exactly. I don't I'll tell you the answer. Zero. Okay, they went and sued Ripple. They sued XRP. Have they sued Algorithm? Have they sued Cardano? Have they sued any, you know, Filecoin? Have they sued the actual organizations of those companies? No. And that, in my opinion, that's the difference. If they had come out and said, hey, we're going to go sue Cardano, specifically Cardano, and the SEC is shutting them down a lawsuit, I think you would probably be seeing a delisting of Cardano around the spaces, around the exchanges. That's not what's happening here. This is just a list they put out saying, hey, these things are securities. If if they had done that with XRP, and it was XRP was just part of this list, and there wasn't a specific lawsuit against XRP, I don't think you would have seen a delisting on that either. So, Abs, I hope that helps understand, helps our, our audience understand the difference between a, in, you know, a, a, a coin that got sued Versus a coin that just got put on a list. There's a big, big difference between being on a piece of paper, right? I can just put the list on this piece of paper right here, right? Or a lawsuit from the U.S. government saying we're coming after you. 
I think hopefully that helps people understand why. Johnny, here's a little bit of my theory too. I think that's a great, great theory. One of the things I think is that they know, and Jim Cramer commented it right here. No worries, guys. Take advantage of JPM staking service instead. That's what's happening this summer. The NASDAQ, Klaus Schwab, Santander, they're all launching staking services. They're all launching custody services. But the questions yet to be answered are these important questions right here. Is Ethereum a security? Well, Jack Dorsey, who's one of the most influential men in the tech industry, seems to think yes. And that's quite alarming for me. But Johnny, what I do want to play right now is a short clip of Gary Gensler explaining why he believes Ethereum's not a security. And we're going to tie this into the Hinman emails be being released on June 13th. Pretty difficult thing here. Nothing without center is inherently hard. Then. Well, well, see, I'm going to challenge that a little bit. Please. Most of this does have a center. So Satoshi Nakamoto's eight-page paper that was put out on a cypherpunk email list, you know, that's kind of centered in a more decentralized conceptual framework and maybe a libertarian framework. But by and large, the thousands of, of, of crypto tokens that have come since are highly centralized. Um, Ethereum is centered around the Ethereum Foundation and Vitalik Buterin and a team of developers. There's 70 people that work at the Ethereum Foundation, not all of whom are developers, but you know. Yeah. And it's inherently a pretty difficult thing to regulate. I mean, a thing without- Sorry, Johnny, but one of the things that sticks out to me in this clip is the fact that Vitalik Buterin was bragging about selling the top of the market. They sold 70,000 Ethereum tokens at the top of the market. So when you talk about it being centralized in these institutions influencing the crypto market, that seems like a primary example. But the reason I showed the Jack Dorsey tweet before showing that video, Johnny, is because I think the debate's wide open right now. If guys like Jack Dorsey and Elon Musk aren't coming out and making a hard stance on these digital assets or whatever you'd like to call them, then the debate is still wide open. And until it's closed, Gary Gensler is going to continue to regulate by enforcement. So before we move on, I'd love to hear what's it mean to you and Billy? Well, I mean, this is what this is, goes back to the old adage. It's great to be the king. Right? There's in the movies. They always say it's great to be the king. Gary's the king right now. There's no real clarity on what is and what isn't. You know, we're, we're basing it off a of Howie test. We're basing the decision on whether something that was designed in 20, 2000 or maybe 1990s on, on a law that was uh, on, a, on, a, on a lawsuit that was decided in 1946, 50 years before crypto was invented. We're basing whether or not crypto is crypto is a security or not based off something that was invented before. It's like, come on, it makes no sense. That's, that's what's the problem here. That's the biggest problem we have here right now is we don't have anything. So Gary gets to be the gets to do whatever. He gets to pick winners and losers. That's just a bottom line. It's just that freaking simple, guys, that until we get a law from our Congress, from, you know, from our government that's supposed to do that, you're just going to get Gary picking winners and losers. And guess what, guys? You're not going to like it because Gary's not going to pick the ones you like because Gary's already been told which ones he's going to push and which ones he's going to pull. And we already know ETH gets a free pass and XRP gets sued. There you have it. And, and that's the bottom line until we get some clarity from Congress. Well, here's why. Go ahead. I was going to say, that's why they don't want clarity. Exactly. If you don't have clarity, you, don't have clarity, you can wield power however you want it. Oh, well, that's not the law. And then what they're doing, what's even crazier is they see a path they want to go down. They change the law before they go down the path. So they restructure the law, reword it, and then they go down the path that they want to go down. It's the craziest thing, man. It is wild. But there's no accountability. You ain't doing nothing to Gary. You're going to kiss the ring and you're going to take what happens. If not, you're going to fall in line and get sued.
Yep. And it's spot on, Billy. And let's actually, let's hear from some of the most influential people in the space right now. We had John Deaton on our show and we got some serious answers when it comes to the Hinman emails and the XRP lawsuit. But one of the biggest questions that even he couldn't answer for us is why was XRP pulled off of Coinbase? This closes that discussion right here, guys. This is the chief legal officer at Coinbase telling the world why XRP may not be relisted in the future. You say challenging. I like the word chaotic. How can we, we can't pattern match when the SEC is going after Ripple, deeming it a security, but leaves Ripple out in an exchange that is currently listing Ripple. Uh, talking about Binance, of course. Um, so, so when the SEC declared Ripple XRP a security, Coinbase and most other exchanges delisted it. Um, now in this, this particular suit, there's many more tokens and all of these tokens also have much more public support than Ripple ever did. Uh, will Coinbase be delisting these? Well, is there a strategy here? Like, I, I, I know you guys have only had so much time to think about this, but uh, is it, what's your guys' approach to this? Well, we have only had just a, 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 a very little um, amount of time to, to, to fully analyze these issues. But I will say this, um, the, um, you know, the decision to list or delist is one that we continuously engage in. We always consider new facts and circumstances. And so as we have before and as we will continue to do going forward, uh, we will take this new information and, and again, once again, evaluate whether or not um, the, the listing these assets is appropriate um, as non-securities. Here's the thing, though, David, I think that sometimes gets lost. We want to be able to list assets which qualify as securities. It's one of the reasons why we've been banging on the SEC's door asking for rules for many months now. It's also one of the reasons why I testified today in, uh, in, in, in support of this initial approach that the House Agriculture Committee and the House Financial Services Committee together have um, proposed. It goes a certain distance, I would argue a long distance, towards addressing so many of the fundamental challenges that all of us have, whether you're talking about XRP, Matic, or any of the other assets that the SEC has seemingly arbitrarily charged as securities. Um, we're eager to, to, to get to a, 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 a regime where strong standards are put in place, strong consumer protections will apply, but there's a pathway for not just the Coinbase's of the world, but for issuers and others in the crypto economy to understand that even if an asset may initially be a security for one reason or another, it can evolve over time. It can decentralize in a way that makes it plain that it should be treated as a non-security or as a commodity under a very different set of rules. And I think that's what not only Cardano is going to go through Johnny Crypto, I think Ethereum is going to have that same discussion with the SEC at some point. But we got 321 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And one of the stories I'm excited to go over for today is Binance US is going to be suspending the use of all fiat on the same day they are going to court with the SEC as well as the Hinman emails being released. But before we get into that later in the episode, Johnny, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. What's it mean to you? Coinbase and XRP. Those are some powerful comments. Wait, wait, wait. So you said Coinbase is going to freeze fiat, meaning no trades? Binance. By, uh, sorry, Binance is not. Yeah, I know they got the order from. Uh, oh, you, we can go right into it. Should we go into the story right now? It, well, I mean, it, just go to go back to what that, you know, what the Coinbase guy was saying. I know we have a surprise guest here today, um, but I know um, it is. It, and I, I don't even know who that is, by the way. I, I still don't recognize that that baby face down there. But nonetheless, it never gets old, Johnny. It really doesn't. Yeah, uh, it doesn't get old, right? Look at it. Look at it. He's such a baby face. Oh, actually, he's got a little, <laughs> little scuffiness growing in there. We got Gonzo, a.k.a. Super G, joining us. Gonzo, honestly, first of all, introduce yourself. Second of all, if you caught that video, he made some powerful comments about XRP and why they decided to delist it in the first place. So feel free to comment there as well. 
You know, I, I didn't catch it, but like I've been kind of following the story. First of all, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Uh, I, you know, I, I saw you and Billy and I was like, uh, you know what? Let me go try to find some Wi-Fi. And so I'm like driving and I found a spot and then here I am. So, um, but yeah, it's funny because like, you know, people are going to get upset. Uh, and they're going to say, I, I, we talked about this earlier in the week that, you know, where were they in, uh, you know, when they were first sued? And, and basically I've seen interviews with Brian Armstrong where he says like, hey, look, uh, we tried it the other way when we delisted XRP and it got us nowhere, right? And so this time we're not going to get rid of the staking. We're not going to get rid of uh, any of these um, digital assets, right? And so people are going to say what they're going to say. Um, at, at the end of the day, to me, it's all narratives and I'm going to do what's best for me. I'm going to go into my investment. When you look at some of these projects like Algorand and you look at the overall chart, we're about to hit a floor, right? Can it go a little bit lower? Absolutely it can. But what you're looking at is if you believe in Algorand and you believe in everything that it was and you were buying it when it was at a dollar, when it was close to all time high, absolutely nothing has changed in the technology. All we have is a bunch of noise, right? And so when you look at where it's going to come up off the floor, right? The floor is nine cents, right? Uh, we're at what, 12 something? Like you're talking about a 10x to all time high. So again, I'm not telling you to FOMO into Algorand. What I'm saying is a lot of these projects that were named are getting destroyed. And we always talk about this. When there's max fear, that is the best time to dollar cost average or to build these positions because at the end of the day, they end up being some of the best positions that you take when you look at the history of the digital asset space. Spot on, Gonzo. And thanks for being here, man. We appreciate you jumping on. Cardano developers actually rejected the SEC's claim that ADA, the token itself, is a security. And they said under no circumstances is ADA a security under United States securities law. But Johnny, this is the most important story of today. And you broke it down yourself. You were shocked by the news. I'm sure our listeners will be as well. Finance US suspends the use of fiat as legal troubles mount. The exchange says that users should withdraw their US dollars as soon as possible as the Securities and Exchange Commission engages in extremely aggressive and intimidating tactics against Binance.us. So Binance.us is transitioning into an all crypto exchange as of June 13th. And I want our listeners to keep an eye on this date because this is going to become extremely important throughout the episode. The U.S. arm of Binance said it temporarily is transitioning to an all crypto exchange and that the company said trading, staking and deposits and withdrawals in crypto will remain fully operational. U.S. dollar deposits will be suspended as of June 9th and U.S. dollar based trading pairs will be delisted shortly after. While we remain open to a productive compromise that enables digital assets to thrive in America, Binance.us will continue to vigorously defend ourselves and our customers against the merciless attacks of the SEC. Now, Johnny, the reason I brought up the June 13th date is because of this fact right here. On June 13th, the SEC filed for a temporary restraining order to freeze certain assets tied to Binance.us. The two are due back in court on June 13th regarding the matter the same day that Binance.us is transitioning to an all crypto exchange. So I know I threw a lot at you there. So let's kick it to you, then Gonzo, then Billy. What are you thinking, man? June 13th is obviously one for the history books. What's Binance doing? Is this a chess move? What's happening? Yeah, 100%. Well, Binance is doing two things. So I don't know if you saw it. I tweeted this out yesterday. I got a big, long email from them saying, oh, by the way, was it Binance or Coinbase? I think it was Binance. It's talking about staking and the, 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 um, the risks about a staking, and, you know, so basically it's called a disclosure, right? And that's something you typically do to be able to stay in compliance with SEC laws and rules whenever you, you have investors doing something. So you see Binance 
doing everything now to put themselves in the position to say, hey, look, we're telling them the risks and the warnings. Of course, the SEC is going to say, well, you should have done that years ago. Um, and two, 100%, this, there it is right there. Um, but 100%, this move to, um, to, um, to, to switch to all, to move out of cash and to switch all crypto is 100% in response to the fact that the U.S., you know, is pushing them to freeze their assets. Because, and this is an interesting way to play it. I didn't see this coming because what I thought was when they said they were going to freeze assets, I really thought that was going to mean anybody who had crypto on the Binance exchange was literally going to get frozen where you couldn't move it off and you couldn't do anything with it. And, and they were smart. If this works, this is brilliant because this is like, hey, we'll take the U.S. dollar off, but you can still trade in USDT or USDC or BUSD, whatever they've got on there. So at least your crypto doesn't get frozen. You don't lose confidence in the system and the exchange and you keep your stuff on there. Because the one thing they don't want is everybody withdrawing their stuff off before the freeze. That 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 can lead to a potential, you know, not a good thing for Binance. So very, very, absolutely a tactical move. We'll have to see if it works, Abs. I don't know if that's good enough where the courts may say, okay, you've taken off the USD. So, you know, we're not going to freeze you. We're not going to force you to freeze your, your customers' assets. I don't know if it's going to work, but it's a smart move. They've got a good set of attorneys there thinking of how to how to make a move there. I thought it was a good chess move. Gonzo, I want to hear your opinion as well. But for anybody who didn't catch the show yesterday, this is what we broke down for our listeners. Back in 2019, Gary Genzer applied to serve as an advisor to Binance, and he even had a private meeting with CZ. In 2019, he applied to become an advisor, and people are saying he was rejected. In 2021, he became an SEC chairman, and just two years later, he sues Binance for operating illegally in the United States. So with that being said, Gonzo, floor is yours. Yeah, you know, um, a lot of people thought that it was going to be like Canada all over again, that they were just going to pack up, uh, close the Binance.us, and they were just going to keep it moving internationally. Uh, but, you know, like Johnny said, it's a different type of move. Maybe it has to do with the court case. Maybe it has to do with them just trying to streamline so they could stay in the U.S. because maybe the U.S. is a stronger market than we thought it was because a lot of people just thought it was going to be like a Canada thing all over again. Um, and then as far as the story with Gary Gensler, I'm not shocked. I mean, in, when they talk about like you see, there's a reason why, like out of all the exchanges, he met like all the different exchanges and all the CEOs of these protocols. Like when you look at Gary Gensler's schedule, who did he meet with? Right. He met with Sam Bakeman Freed. Why? Now you see how SBF leveraged him. Right. Like he was already trying to get into the space. He was trying to be a consultant. And SBF pounced it all over that, right? So you can start connecting the dots. And I know it's Conspiracy Fridays, right? But this is exactly how he got leveraged by SBF. So I believe it 100% that he tried to get a job with them and they told him no. And then now you see how SBF and FTX was able to get inside, uh, you know, get, uh, get SBF was able to get Gary Gensler inside of his pocket, right? It's right there, probably with either money or promises of a consulting job and all the things that they were going to do together. Right. Hey, hey, Abs, I don't, I don't agree with Jim Cramer that much, but I got to tell you, this made me laugh my ass off. <laughs> Guys, just so you know, when Gary comes applying for a job, you better freaking hire him. <laughs> He's so spot on. Is that not some mafia stuff? Yeah, though? Hey, uh, Greenwood's right. That's exactly what it looks 100%. like. Uh, Gary's so pissed off that, um, it oh, yeah. blew up his FDX connect. He's going after Binance hard. This, so, uh, yes. this is mob this revenge. This is mafia Mob stuff. revenge wow. 101, Billy. Like, oh, oh, yeah. He you went. Know, 
You don't want to give me the job? Okay, I'll fix your ass. And boom, here yeah. it is. Three years later, thanks. He tried to get him. He said, kiss the ring. Kiss the ring. I'll advise you. Pay me yep. a little bit on the side. We'll keep you yep. in line. Nope. You didn't kiss the ring, so you get clipped. Now you get now you get cement shoes. Yeah, there you go. Now you got the cement shoes. You're gonna go right to the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) With that being said, guys, we got a pretty cool article to show our listeners next. As earlier this week, Molly Elmore and uh, Jimmy Valley put out price predictions for XRP, and they even created what they're what they're calling a complex valuation model. Now we discussed a little bit of these price targets yesterday, but I'm gonna give a brief overview for our listeners right now. The lowest target on this list was nine dollars and eighty one cents. And the highest target, listen, not even worth saying out loud, but $513,000 is what they're predicting. Now, obviously, they felt the need to comment on these pre-allocation rumors. So they took to Twitter Spaces yesterday, and I thought they actually had a very positive conversation on Twitter Spaces. So we're going to play this clip and go back to the group here. Here we go. It's like line 82 or something in the SEC's complaint that they talk about that was pre-allocation of, of the XRP. So that's a that's a fact we know. Uh, and that's not been disputed. In fact, I think that's that's a core uh, part of the SEC's argument that it was packaged as a security. And and if you look at, you know, we, we all know that there was an option contract. We know that uh, Greg Kidd had an option contract. We know that um, R3, Corda, had an option contract. Um, and, and, you know, they went to litigation over that. And, and ultimately, I think they unwound that. Those option contracts are securities, okay? Now, they are securities that were given to big accredited investors, right, like institutional investors. So they were bona fide private placements. They did not have to be registered. But they were they were other option contracts. An option contract is, is a security. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any, any yeah, it's like obvious that there was pre, pre-allocation. What, what, I think you're getting at what you're wondering, and I don't know, but is is the escrow already more or less spoken for, or you know, is it is it going out? You know, the hundred, the two hundred million, or whatever actually goes out into the market. Is that basically going to a a kind of already spoken for uh, um, receiver? I think um, I think uh, the Golden Eagle model looked at that issue. Um, uh, that was part of the Golden Eagle model analysis as well, that uh, there was kind of this already going out to the people who are planning to use it concept. So it's probable. So, Johnny, there was a lot within that clip. And anybody who follows Molly Elmore and Jimmy Valley knows they, they continue to bring these very, very high price targets. Now, what he referenced there was the Golden Eagle concept in 2030, the one he was referencing is the 99 year. So that's a $13,000 price target. I didn't go through this because I don't take it seriously enough to, to go through all of these documents. I'm not anticipating any of these price targets. For me, something very realistic would be somewhere around all-time high. And if we were to break all-time high, I think we could see $6 or $7 somewhere after. But to leave retail investors waiting for extremely high price targets, I think it sets them at a disadvantage because I've been through this before. When we saw $1.90 XRP, I didn't have the right mindset. I was very ungrateful. So if we do see a $2, $3 XRP, I would love for retail investors to say, this could be a time to consider taking profit. And I don't want to be left in the dust in case these price targets don't come to fruition. But guys, I'd like to get some of your thoughts. So Gonzo, let's start with you. 
Yeah, I, I think the first question is because look, I, I don't want to sit here and talk shit about those guys because you got to take everything in context and time frames, right? The first thing that you need to do is you need to figure out what kind of investor you are, right? Like if you're the kind of person where you're going to accumulate this asset and you're going to put it away and you're, you're going to look at it again in 15, 20 years, then hey, maybe then that then that's something that you know could happen, right? Or are you a person that's looking to take profits so you can put back in in the next bear market so you're more of a three-year, four-cycle person, right? So you've got to figure that out for yourself first, and then you can deploy whatever your strategy is, right? Because I feel like when we when we hear these, like people hear these price targets that, hey, dude, I can't tell the future. Maybe in 20 years, just like Amazon did, right? This ends up going to some huge level, right? But if you're you know, sitting here thinking that this is going to happen in the next six months or the next two or three years, that's just not happening. Right. And so you need to figure out what kind of investor you are and then base your investment thesis on that. Right. Like you're saying, I feel like sometimes people get confused and then, you know, they're waiting for these astronomical prices to come and they think they're going to happen right now. And they're going to be millionaires going to change their lives and they don't take action. And so all they do is ride this thing all the way up and then all the way back down. Right. And if you've been here for a few years, you're going to go all the way back up and then you come all the way back down again. And and if, if that's your if that's your plan, right, that you're you don't care. Or you're looking at 20 years because you believe in this asset, then great for you. But I, I do believe that from what we get in the academy and people asking me questions, people are looking to maximize their profits. Right. They're trying to make they're taking a certain amount of money and turn it into a bigger amount of money. Right. And so if you're doing that, then you need to set these exit prices, right? Maybe have a bag like we talk about that's off to the side. That's for that long-term thing. And that other one, you need to have some exit prices and you need to pull profits because this thing is going to go up and it's going to come right back down again, right? Just look at what's going on right now, like with Algorand or some of the other assets. We never maybe thought that we were going to hit these floors again. And here we are. And in four years, right, in the next bear market where we're going to hit a bull run and we're going to hit another bear market and, and we're all going to believe that we won't see these lows again. But at some point in the future, we are going to retest lows again because that's what the market cycles are, right? That's what we do, right? That's why we're here for the speculative nature of these assets so that we can pull profits and then diversify and put them into other things. Exactly, Gongo. Um, and one of the things that we can do is take our profits from successful projects like XRP and roll them into altcoins that are yet to actually have that price prediction or price appreciation. We got 372 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny and Billy, I'd love to get your thoughts. Really quickly, we are showing our listeners an XRP price chart prediction right here. And as you can see, 58 cents is a key level of resistance. And that's a very realistic price target. If we can break 53 cents. 68 cents, 72 cents, and then 80 cents would be those key levels. I don't see a $10 XRP anytime soon, but who am I? I don't know. Johnny, what are you thinking? Well, first of all, Gonzo, whenever you use examples, try not to use Amazon. It kind of hurts a little bit. Pick a different <laughs> one. Right? Just for the I'm sorry, Johnny. I know, bro. I know. Pain. I know. You know, I'm paying to get yeah. rid of pain. I got enough pain this weekend. I don't say the I'm sorry, bro. I'm just kidding with you, brother. I love you. Um, yeah, you know, so on that chart, the only number even worth talking about, not that chart, pull up that crazy valley one again that you had back there. The only number even worth talking about wherever it was. Yeah, the only number that, that even if we're going to have any remote comment is the $9.81. That's it. The rest of the number, take those numbers, roll them so much up, throw them out. And, and let me let me tell you why, you know, most of those numbers probably won't happen is when you look at, I want everybody in the chat. 
Now they're all saying, oh, actually, one guy said it. He kind of was was it was heading in the right direction. Like everybody's saying, oh, I would love 513K. Of course you would. We all would. Let me ask you all a question. If the XRP price was moving up from where you own it today to $10, to $12, to $20, to $100, to $300, tell me you guys would not be selling alone. Ask yourself this question. Are you really willing when it's sitting at 100 and it's pulling going back downward? Are you really, and your account is worth a million dollars, two million dollars. Are you going to sit there and tell me that, oh, I'm not selling. I'm going to hold for 513000 How many of people right now can sit there and honestly say, when that thing's all the way up in the $100, $200 range, that you're not going to sell? Because the reality is, for it to get to $513,000, abs, or any crazy number, there has to be people willing to hold it at 1000 2000 3000 And I'll tell you right now, you I see $100, I'm out. Never mind. I'm done. Uh, I'm done. I'll, yeah, we'll be at the club. Well, I'll be throwing XRP at people in the club. Yeah, that kind of money. Yeah. I'm hey, now, okay, so now they're saying, well, Johnny, you're talking about speculation. Okay, the point is, guys, in case you haven't figured it out, most of these markets, until the full-blown utility is built in, it's all speculation. Look at Amazon. 1994. I bought it at $17. Speculation. It pumped to 27 Sold it. Speculation. When did it hit 3300 22 years later, okay? So if we're sitting here and we're talking about 22 years later, yes, I'll, I'll cave in and I'll say, you're absolutely right. At some point, it'll be a real number if it's in full use, if it's full adopted, no question about it. It's, you know, the, the, there'll be utility and that utility will drive a certain price. 513000 do I think that? Would I bet my house on that? Hell freaking no. No way. Will it be? I don't know. Maybe a thousand, whatever. Who knows? I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say it's 1,000. I don't know. But just ask yourself this question. Would you hold it all the way up to that high or would you sell it? Because other people have to be holding and buying at those prices for it to get there. Gonzo, yeah, you know, I, your, I was just... I, I, just, I was just going to say like one quick comment in here because we're talking about utility, right? And Johnny Crypto's breaking it down. Are you going to hold your XRP past 10, 100, 1,000, $100,000? Now, let's not even joke around about those price targets. But what I do think is really important is we know when the price goes up, the first narrative that's going to come out is utility. And I think it's important to play this very short clip before we hear from Gonzo. This is talking about how the fundamental shift in cryptocurrencies will take place when we move from speculation into the utilization of these assets. Here's 20 seconds. Here we go. The key to winning the crypto war that the U.S. government has unleashed now is utilization. Speculation needs to be uh, a sideshow and utilization needs to become the focus uh, of the crypto community. And And I believe there will be a day pretty soon when that takes place, Gonzo. So with Gary Gensler putting out these narratives it's very funny. Just a, a week prior to all these lawsuits, Elizabeth Warren was starting the, the narrative that fentanyl is, is funded by crypto. Just a couple of days later, we had Gary Gensler sue Binance. We had Gary Gensler sue crypto. But we were talking about XRP. So let's start there. Yeah. Um, so what I was going to say is, is that, you know, people were like to come making comments in the chat that, look, it's not that we don't believe in XRP. We're just trying to break people of, of that mindset, right? Because 
that's where people just get stuck. Right. And then they have these expectations and then they don't come true. And then they miss out on different opportunities. That's all we're saying. You know, at the end of the day, everybody has to do what's best, um, you know, best for them. Kind of lost my train of thought there. I was going to say something. Um, but uh, as far as the story, um, it, it's hilarious, right? Where, you know, that narrative where they keep saying that, um, you know, criminals use this or that. If you saw, there was a story this morning where they figured out who did the Mount Gox hat. I think it's two Russian nationals. And so they were able to backtrack everything. Same thing, right? They're able to now take transactions that happened in 2011, 2012, and look at them, right? And, and able to now like trace everything. And, and that's that's what blockchain is, right? Guys, it's a ledger. It's there for you to look at and be able to track where everything goes. So it's a, just a narrative, right? It's hella funny how they're sitting there. One, you know, she's saying that, you know, the, the drug lords or, or China uses it to, um, you know, to fund the fentanyl thing. But when they give the statistics, and about the chemicals, because she was what she was talking about, chemical precursors that come from China, and those chemical precursors make fentanyl, right? Well, what she doesn't tell you about the statistic is that they're taking the number for all chemicals that are sold to China, not just the ones that are the precursors to making fentanyl, all of them. And then when you look at like the total market, right, of what's going on, it literally ends up being like 1%, maybe even less than 1% of like nefarious transactions are used, crypto is used, right? So they throw out the number and then they kind of confuse people with data, right? You can take data and spin it however you want. But, and that's what I'm saying. That's why you got to do your own research. That way, that, um, that, that why, that's why, I can't even talk. Um, you can't fall into these narratives, right? You got to do your own research, have your plan and then execute that plan, um, right? So- Yep, because we know it's like two cents. Hey, go ahead, Johnny. Well, I just did some quick back of the napkin math, right? For a one quadrillion market cap, one quadrillion. So if, if XRP had a one quadrillion market cap, so let's say that's almost you know a good chunk of money in the world, right? That would put XRP price at $999. That just goes to show you how unrealistic something like $513,000 is to even put it on the chart is embarrassing in my opinion. One quadrillion puts you at $99 if you assume 100 billion in circulation. So again, I'm just a realist. I'm trying to set some price targets in my head, you know, what makes sense. And I, I think everybody here is reasonable. You could disagree with us guys. That's why we're here. Hopefully we're just giving you another way to think about it. I know nobody wants to hear, you know, we're, we're pissing all over the whole idea of $10,000 XRP, whatever, but guys, it's okay. You can have that dream and believe it. Maybe it's true. We're just giving you another alternative theory to think about. And maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle. I don't know. But again, hopefully we're just giving you another way to think about it. Maybe Santa Claus does exist, guys. And Billy, I do want to get your thoughts. <laughs> I do want to get your thoughts on the XRP price chart to close out this conversation. Forget about utility. Forget about everything we discussed earlier. The weekly price chart for XRP is at a definitive range right now. We're testing a range that has been pivotal before 53 to 60 cents is a defining is a defining price point. I'm going to break down why. Every single time we've touched this range and been able to get above 68 cents, Billy, we've seen massive breakouts. And if you go all the way back to 2017, it was the same thing. When you look at 2020 and 2021, we're seeing the same structure. So my belief is if we do get above that 68 cents, there's almost no resistance and we could quickly see 80 cents to a $1.40 XRP. Anybody who doesn't know, Billy's a chart analysis expert here. So what's it mean to you? 
it's one of those things, like Gonzo said, you have to figure out what you're doing. Uh, Billy, your mic's messed up. We're at, you're actually muted right now. There we, uh, we go. Perfect. Yep. I was going to say, it's like Gonzo said, you have to figure out what kind of, are you a, what kind of investor are you? Are you a trader? Are you an investor? Are you a hodler? Are you a swinger? Uh, whatever it is, you can see just by looking at this chart, what goes up always comes down. There's going to be multiple times that you guys can take advantage of this and, and you know, size up. The biggest problem people have, especially in the crypto, well, in anything. Uh, we're getting the same issue with your mic again, Billy. I'm not sure what's going on, guys. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, like, uh, you know, my level is at 59 cents, right? And then once, because that's at the 382 fib, once we break 59, uh, we go up to, I think it's 74. That's at the 0.5 fib. And then for me, the automatic rally is confirmed. And then that's where we're going to see 74 to $1.10, right? Can it go higher? Yeah, but then it starts to hit the top of the golden pocket. Can you hear um, me? Yeah, we can hear you. All right. Yeah, finish it out, Billy. Please. No, my bad. I don't know what's going on with this, this mic. Anyways, well, you just got to figure out, you know, what kind of investor you are. Are you a day trader? There's multiple levels in there that you can get in and get out. Are you trying to make money on a daily basis? Are you trying to invest over a long term? If you're over a long term, this really doesn't matter as far as price chart, right? You're waiting for clarity. You're waiting for, you're waiting for regulation. Uh, if you're not and you're just trading the chart, then, you know, take your profits as you go up. But that's you just have to know what kind of investor you are. And, and what you're looking at are you using fib levels are you using natural resistance lines? are you using trend lines and then stick to what it is that you're trying to do but very be very specific and know what it is that you're trying to do in this market don't get we're not i'm, I'm just we're not going to see a 900 xrp i mean you think about it we got all the sec stuff going on we got the the stuff with gary binance we still have a presidential election to go through where we've had the first president charged with criminal charges and another one that's under investigation for money laundering, him and his son. This is not going to happen anytime soon. We have a lot of shit to go through as a country before we can even get to that. So if this thing's hitting dollar levels, dollar fifty levels, I am going to be exiting out. Yeah, I do have my moon back to the side. But for the love of God, don't sit here and wait for a $10,000 XRP. Your money could be doing so many other things. You can definitely be the exit liquidity for somebody else or abs. You could all tell them how they can set an exit plan so they can make sure they know how to Have get out. Have you been wrecked in the crypto market space or watch your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore. Thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com, that's MerlinCrypto.com, and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Johnny, and since we're talking about XRP, we got to talk about how to take profits in this market. And guys, with the cold storage attacks that we've experienced over the last month, the best way to manage your portfolio, we believe is a decentralized approach, keeping your stuff on a couple different exchanges, a couple of different wallets. And the easiest way to track that is through our application, Merlin, 30 days absolutely free. And we're picking beta testers from the wait list down below. So go check it out, guys. I'm going to continue to hammer that home. But here's a breaking news story this morning is John Deaton has been updating the XRP community on the lawsuit for quite a while. 
Well, he got the attention of Mark Cuban yesterday. So I'm going to read a couple of tweets and kick it right back to the group here. As an amicus, we didn't defend Ripple. We took no position whether Ripple violated securities law when it sold XRP. And our position was XRP, like Bitcoin and Ethereum, is digital code. The token itself is not a security. And even if Ripple violated securities law, the secondary market sales do not constitute a security. That caught the attention of Mark Cuban here, Gonzo. And he said, the test for secondary sale of a token as a security should be very simple. Will the token survive if the minting slash mining organization fails? That, by definition, ends the Howey test application. Let's just have an open conversation right there. Do you think we're going to see the Howey test fundamentally change, not only from the Ripple lawsuit, but from new conversations like this? Let's start with Gonzo. You know, I hope so, right? I mean, because then what else are we doing, right? I mean, they keep like, you know, when you see Gary Gensler talk, he keeps talking about like laws that were, you know, implemented by the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, 40, 50 years ago. Uh, and they're just, just like everything needs to evolve, right? We've had like, if you think about it with the evolution of cars, we've had our laws change, right? The speeding laws, we have traffic lights, you have signaling, you have all these different things that technology have brought with the evolution of the car, right? From being a horse and buggy into a vehicle. And so it's the same thing. It's no different in finance, right? These things need to change. And it takes cases like the Ripple case to change that. That's how we make a change in the law. They fight in court and then they win, they make a ruling. And then sometimes it goes to the second circuit or the Supreme Court and then it becomes permanent, right? You've seen the same thing um, in different fields, right? Um, you, we've seen it like in policing, right? When, 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 when there's a law that was on the books from back in like the 50s and 60s, something happens and then there's case law and it changes and it changes the way that police do business uh because of something that happened right but it's gonna that's why we're in the they fight you stage right um and i remember what i was going to say before when we were talking about what i was going to talk about is you know as far as like xrp and all these digital assets you know we're still in that speculation phase but when you get when we get all like the regulation that we want right when we get the regulation and the clarity and then your utility kicks in these things are going to stabilize Right. A lot of these assets are either going to go away through regulation and then they stabilize like gold where there isn't big swings back and forth. Right. And so the time to get in is before that time. Right. Because you're writing up the speculation phase. That's where the life changing money is made. It's not once you get regulation and once everything settles down, then it's more about protecting your profits and being in something that's stable. That's kind of like a store of value. Right. The money's made in the speculation transitioning into the utility. That's all I wanted to say. No, that's spot on, Gonzo. And I do want to go back to this just to close out the discussion here, Johnny. You got a question from the live chat. So, Johnny, let me ask you this. XRP, what do you think it would have been given the same growth that Ethereum had without the SEC? Could it be equal to Ethereum or could it even be greater than Bitcoin and Ethereum? Obviously, it's a fun conversation, but I love let's it. connect. Okay, go ahead. I love the question. I love our audience. And this is what we're here for. We're here to chat with and interact with you guys and help you guys out. I think that's a great question. Um, and now he says, would it be greater than a thousand US? I think he's saying a thousand dollars US. Um, so that's kind of crazy. But here's what I think is possible. If you look today where we are in the crypto space right now, right? We're sitting at, I think, what, about a $500 billion market cap for um, Bitcoin. And we're around the 280 million dollar a billion dollar market cap for eth and then the way we're around i think 28 billion for 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 um ripple 
So, or sorry, not Ripple, XRP. So, to answer the question, I think if it wasn't for the lawsuit, the monkey on their back and everything that's going on, it wouldn't be inconceivable that maybe they're sitting in that number two spot, maybe somewhere between the market cap of Bitcoin and Ethereum, which would put us around, you know, I'm just guessing, I don't know, somewhere in that range, 300 billion, maybe somewhere, which would be a 10x from where we are today. So you would be sitting around the five, <laughs> ironic, you'd be sitting around a five dollar 89 cent price. <laughs> but I think that's where we probably could have been given all the positive news and stuff that's happening. And I think you would have seen more positive news and developments of Ripple all the time in the news in the US doing things had this lawsuit not existed. And I think easily we could be sitting somewhere in that four or five hundred billion and maybe you know somewhere around five, six, seven, eight dollars right now. That's my gut feel, but I'm curious of what Gonzo thinks or, or Gonzo, I do want to get into this last story and we're gonna come back to that that question. It's a great question, Johnny. Cardano developer rejects the SEC's claim that ADA's token is a security under no circumstances is ADA a security under the U.S. securities law, says a Cardano founder. We got 343 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And thank you for being here on this Friday. Check out this latest update out of Cardano because I think it's very important. And as you can tell, coincidentally, I lost my highlights. But that doesn't matter because we're going through this regardless. Cardano's development company, IOG, dismissed the SEC's claims that ADA, the blockchain's native token, can be viewed as a security. IOG said the SEC lawsuits filed earlier this week against crypto exchanges included ADA in a list of tokens they counted as securities. They contained numerous factual inaccuracies, said the IOG, and the allegations will have no impact on the operations of Cardano in particular. Under no circumstances is ADA a security under U.S. securities law, and it never had been, said IOG. Understanding how decentralized blockchains operate is a fundamental component in creating responsible legislation. IOG said that regulation through enforcement actions does not provide the necessary clarity that the blockchain industry and consumers deserve. So, Johnny, obviously they're defending themselves here. So I just want to get into the broader question. Is ADA a security? And also, what do you think about Charles Hoskinson saying the community should come together for this good fight? You know, one of those things I'm not very familiar with in the beginning, how they launched a coin. Did they do an ICO? So I can't speak to what it was in the beginning. Gonzo shaking his head no. So I know I, I don't I don't think, though, they went over to Japan. I think most of the token yeah. supply was given to the community. Right. Yeah. Um, they it's not like it, what we normally see. Airdrop. Right. So in, in my opinion, then based on that, you know, I don't I never felt Cardano really was a. Uh, security or acting like a security you don't see them promoting it pushing it promising future gains you, i don't even know how much of the actual float they own so <clears throat> i don't personally me think it's there i you know at some point the sec should be coming out and basically saying you know the the reason why they feel the way they feel that these 16 67 coins whatever they are why they feel that and that's my home ringer, so of course I can't turn that thing off. So sorry, guys. But I I, I really want to see abs the SEC come out and say these are the reasons why we think each one, but they're not gonna do that. They're just gonna yeah. leave it ambiguous ambiguous. They're gonna say, Hey, we say it is, and guess what? We're the top cop, we get to say it. You don't like it, too freaking bad, sue us. Gonzo, we've got a couple of minutes here, but I do want to get your thoughts on this. As Cardano was one of the biggest projects when it came to price action mm. during the last bull run, going from less than three cents to over $3 in just a year. So that is some massive, massive gains. And obviously they didn't stick around, but I do want to hear your thoughts. With Cardano being accused as a security at the bottom of this bear market, 
is this an opportunity? Is this a black swan event for the project? I think so. I, I think for all those projects listed, look, do your own research. But when you get these black swan events, they end up being good opportunities. And for some projects, they've gotten to their lows, if not broken their lows. And for other projects, they haven't even like gotten to the lows where we were when we were in max fear. But absolutely, I don't think that ADA is a security, right? Uh, if you think like... If the, you guys all know how I feel about Ethereum. The CFTC commissioners come down multiple times, and he said that Ethereum is a commodity, not a security. So if you follow that logic and it's a commodity, then absolutely ADA is a commodity, right? It's not because it's le- it's more decentralized than Ethereum is right now and the way that the token supply and everything, and they had no ICO. That is the biggest key piece of it, right? They had no ICO like Ethereum did. So and Gonzo, I, that was that was Charles Hawkinson, by the way, on the phone. He told me to tell you guys that Cardano is not a there you go. You heard it here first. And if you think about it, like he's even come out. I remember the Cardano community got really upset because he's come out and said before in the past that he doesn't give a shit about price, right? He doesn't care about the price. He's building something, right? So that's more of him trying to not get into the narrative price action because he doesn't want problems with the SEC. Well, it didn't save them anyways, right? Like all these different projects got pulled in and there's no rhyme or reason of of why. Uh, And so don't try to figure it out. All you can do is see where you're at, where your average price is, and then see, is it a good time to buy for you or not? Hey, Abs, just again, just to answer questions of the community here, I I can confirm that Ripple stock, by the way, I'm linked to, did go. I don't know if it started at 23. I know it was in it, but it did. I saw it the other day at like 57 or 58. So wow. yes, that is, it, that is because crazy. they changed the dynamics. So you could sell yours now, right? And then right. so they, they 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 started a scaling price. They they the started, exactly. They 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 the market. scaling price, and they started at twenty dollars, and it's going to scale now. It's going to as they get supplies and it hits the market, it's going to scale up, 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 up more. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's going to happen. And Johnny, this is where I'd like to end the show right here. Viabro Mike commented: Today's market cap of Ethereum is two hundred and twenty-one billion. Bitcoin is $500 billion. If XRP had Ethereum's market cap today, that would put us at $4.23. If it had Bitcoin's total market cap, that would be $9.98. That's right. First of all, love those price targets, but what do you think, Johnny? Well, I said that it would be right in the middle. That's why I picked $5.89 because between, I think it would be somewhere between those two. Um, you're looking around like a $5, $6, $7 price target. and then But again, that would be all based on, on the work that, that Ripple would be doing you know, and if you're hearing news like, hey, they just partnered with JPM and they partnered with this. If they were didn't have the monkey in the back and they were working with companies in the U.S., you know, it might shit. It might even surpass Bitcoin, to be honest with you. Abs. But we're not going to get to know what that looks like until the monkey comes off the back. So we're waiting for that first. Hopefully June 13th, which seems to be lining up as an extremely important day for many, many, many reasons. And what I would call wag the dog day, because obviously there's no... There's no coincidence apps here that the reality is what you're hearing is what was it? The uh, Binance is going to court that day with the SEC, right? While we know that the Hinman emails are going to come out. So like, how do we draw attention away from the Hinman email? I bet you they put all their court cases on the 13th. <laughs> Johnny, you remember American adoption? I just want to get this in before the end of the show. Bank of America, Ripple and Algorand. Coincidentally, Ripple and Algorand have both been sued by the SEC, but Behind the scenes, supposedly, these are rumors here, guys. Bank of America will likely use Ripple's flagship product, XCurrent. And interestingly enough, the bank listed a, a job posting for a Ripple project manager. 
This makes it pretty evident that seri- that they're serious about blockchain and specifically Ripple's adoption. Gonzo, we got 30 seconds. Close this out here. No, I was just going to say, remember what my prediction was. Those emails will come out heavily redacted and somebody with AI will come out and piece them back together. So we'll be able to see exactly what they say and we're going to be totally shocked. Gonzo, on, I don't think they're going to be as redacted because we were told they, they're not yeah. supposed to. Yeah. The judge said no. And that what Dean said? No. He said, no. Dean said only the names, like certain things that may give away personal stuff. But for the most part, these are supposed to be lightly. Redacted. Yeah, but but redacted from what they already got, right? So the original redaction is still in play. No, no, the whole yeah, thing was redacting out. Right. Johnny, I got to close this bad boy. Yeah, we got 338 uh, listeners. Show some love, smash that like button. We'll see you guys in 72 hours. Like we always say, Warriors, 